Today, what we're doing is we're simulating a basketball game for this podcast. So we're going to have a jump ball topic discussion in which essentially it's like a debate, but not really. It's just kind of like a, a controversial, highly discussed issue going on right now in basketball. And then we're going to do the standard first quarter, second quarter, take a little, I don't know, 30 second halftime break, <laughs> whatever that case is. To a third quarter, fourth quarter, and then we're going to have a little overtime in which we're going to stray away from basketball, discuss a little Juan Soto, a little F1. There was a big Grand Prix event this past weekend that uh, we'll talk about. I'll, I'll just say we'll talk about it. But let's start with the jump ball. So a lot of talk about Draymond Green and the Warriors and this four-year contract extension that is hotly discussed. It's a four-year 138.6 million contract extension to what he already has. Um, I put out on my Instagram today kind of a little feeler poll seeing what people thought about this. And to my surprise, and I thought it would be more 50-50 than not, it was like 65% no and 35% yes as to whether Golden State should give him this contract extension. And here's my rationale, right? 140 steep for a guy who's clearly on the decline offensively. Um, we know what his value is on defense. We know what his value is as a screener. Um, that DHO, the handoff play for Steph and Clay is automatic on offense. We know his value to a basketball team and to this Golden State system. But $140 million is like top 15 player in the league type of money. And I would hesitate to give him that, especially with the Jordan Poole contract coming up after next season and the Andrew Wiggins extension after next season. So I don't know. I just think the value is too high. But if it comes push to shove, I'm of the stance that you have to pay him because without him, I don't think the dynasty stays. I think that's the whole point. And I think that's why like the number is this high is because he's being right now, he's being paid for what he did and not what he's going to do. He was basically like, I guess, him and his agent. I'm not sure if he signed with Clutch Sports, by the way, or not. No, it definitely uh, feels like it. It feels it feels like a very Clutch Sports move, but his agent must have basically been like, look, this is 140. Draymond basically helped you win like a bunch of championships. He was integral to every single one. He was very integral to like probably the greatest season of all time, right? Regular season, at least. So... Mm -hmm. Like, he was very integral to all that stuff. And, like, objectively, the amount he's been being paid for, I guess, how much he's been contributing, he's basically been an all-star almost every single one of those seasons. Had the Warriors have had really deep playoff runs. And even if he wasn't, he was still super important to that team. So, basically, the you know his agent must have been like, yeah, like, 140 is a high number, sure. But, like, you're paying him for, like, the, you know, the championships he brought, right? You're not paying for, for necessarily what he can be. But I will say, like, Draymond has always been, I guess, athletic. Right, but like in a weird way. But I don't think his age will necessarily ruin what he does. Like setting screens, doing dribble handoffs. Like I feel like he can still do that like three or four years from now. And even if you only get two more years of production out of him, like I still think signing the contract is worth it. So I think his agent is really shrewd and smart and understands that. So his agent must basically be like, look, like they're gonna take it no matter what. Because if they don't, like the fan base would be unhappy. Like Steph and Clay would be unhappy. Like he's an integral. He is part of that team. Like, he is the Warriors, like, very objectively, as much as Steph and Clay are. So I don't see any reason as to why the Warriors aren't, like, you know, like, it, it's going to be signed. It's going to be taken. Like, it's good. Like, and every, you're going to be happy. Everyone's going to be happy, even though you'll say, like, oh, whatever. But, like, 
it's it's gonna happen because it has to happen because if it isn't then I can't, I can't i can't even imagine anyone more integral or crucial to a team than draymond to the warriors he literally is that franchise right now no listen like i'm i agree with everything you've said which is why i'm trying to remove the bias from what i'm talking about this right because the homer in me is like pay the man right like steph clay and draymond are the golden state warriors like since 2012 when draymond was drafted that team has enjoyed a run of success that few teams in the history of the NBA have enjoyed. And the only reason they haven't made the playoffs or haven't had success in that time is because of catastrophic season-altering injuries to one of their star players, specifically Stephen Clay. Draymond, for all the flack that he got for a couple of rough games in the finals, in games one and three, he was minus one and minus 13 in the plus-minus box score. In all the other games, game three was pretty rough. Game three was a minus thirteen shot, one of four from the field. Um, What that was? That was a bad game. Not great. Turned the ball over. But in all the other games, he was a combined plus thirty four. Like we still know how much he matters to winning basketball. My thing is that, like spark that you said he provides to the team he is the emotional lifeblood of the warriors like bob myers consults with him about draft picks you know steph and clay are pretty chill guys they're kind of like we trust the front office we know what they're doing even if it's something we disagree on we know it's best for the long run draymond is actively consulted for these draft picks like patrick baldwin jr the warriors most recent draft pick would not have been picked without the draymond seal of approval like it's just the intangibles that he provides to an organization go way beyond the box score. And when you're evaluating a max contract, I think the word max is thrown around really like, I, I don't know. It, it's very casual, right? Because yeah. Steph Curry is getting paid a max contract. And I think when you say things like Draymond's getting the max, we just associate, oh, top money, top like money, top money. A lot of money. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And while 140 for four is steep like we have to remember there's levels to this like rudy gobert who (laughs) we will get to very soon is being paid an exorbitant amount of money to play basketball and if you're asking me like from an unbiased perspective watching those two players play basketball i don't think i'd feel as uncomfortable giving draymond that kind of money when i know that his peer rudy gobert is making more money than that so i i honestly with with that specific take i i would rather have draymond on my team than rudy gobert like objectively i think gobert is a, is a great talent but just he doesn't provide what draymond provides i don't it's weird saying that because gobert is just such a better player like he's a better scorer he's a better rebounder he's not as good of a passer but he's taller like you said gobert is a better player than draymond i i think right now for sure i mean does he mean more to a team no if but you're is telling he a me better in a player, yeah. No, listen, in a seven game series, if you need like a, a No 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 again, different, 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 different. He's a regular season floor raiser, right? Gobert is a defensive system in and of himself. And Yeah, okay, again, I'm saying I'm, I'm not saying he's better like I would if I was if I was a GM, if I was like doing like a little draft pick thing, I would rather pick Draymond over Gobert. But all I'm saying is I think Gobert is a better basketball player. I don't think that part can be argued. He's a significantly better scorer. He's a significantly better rebounder. He's objectively a better defender because he is taller and like longer, right? The only thing he doesn't have is playmaking. And like, I, I agree with that. And if you want to talk about the intangibles, Draymond for sure has more, but just from the perspective of like, 
who was a better player. Like, like Gobert is a better player. Gobert was at one point like a top three like big man in the league. I we mean, can agree. We can. Ag- I think we can agree to disagree on the comparison between Draymond and Gobert. But the only tricky thing about this and why the 140 feels like such a steep amount is because of it's all because these of what's exactly next. all these impending decisions that the front office has to make. Like we saw, but you, tough- you have to. T- I would rather. I mean, like not. I would rather, but you have to. You have to give him the money because if you don't, like, I don't know. I just don't see this team operating in the way that they've been operating. No, that's what, who's the who, who's the odd man out? Like, do you not pay Wiggins? I think that's the number. Like, I I think it's the person because Wiggins' number is like, you have to pay Pool, right? Because like Pool's been around. Like Wiggins is basically like only a couple years, like very few years younger than Steph, right? Like Wiggins and Steph are around the same age. No, no, no. Wiggins is twenty seven. He's gonna be twenty eight when it's time for the Dude, contract extension. Wait, no, you're right. He's he was so much younger when he got drafted. Then he's one of those like Steph was. he's one of those old 18, young boys like he's drafted yeah it feels like he's been in the league forever but 2014 no, okay. he has been in the league for like eight seasons no yeah but or he like was a seven, baby yeah. when he came in never mind then yeah okay steph's like what 34 now 35 steph's 34 gonna be 35 next year yeah like okay never mind he's a lot younger but he's he's played in the league for like a decent like i think it was only a three or four year gap between those two but that's why everyone forgets about uh, you when you're in minnesota and then all yeah. of a sudden the age the contract everything becomes important when you're on a team okay, that's then, actually right, winning jordan pulls okay jordan pulls the future of this team like of course objectively is so you have to pay him it's like basically I think it's a question of like wiggins or or they can just be like they can literally say like i would like wait can they override the salary cap and just pay a lot in luxury tax or like no because if they could do that they would have done it this year for gary payton nine million dollars mm. a year for payton would have put them at i don't know like i heard this on draymond's podcast i think like a week back or something but it would have been 45 million in the luxury tax if they paid payton nine million dollars a year nine, that's crazy. so but I think it's basically worth it's, it's i mean considering they've like they won the championship this year they're looking to be pretty good next year like I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like, these are businessmen running the team. Like, of course, yeah. Joe Lacob is one of the most player forward G or not GMs. What am I saying? Owners in the league. And Bob Myers like, knows Bob exactly Meyer, yeah. what he's doing. But yep. again, at the end of the day, basketball is a business, business, is business. and a sport. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out moving forward. I think we're both of the opinion that, yeah, like push comes to shove. You should pay Draymond. It's just so many tough decisions because of how many contracts you have to satisfy after next season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that brings us to the first quarter of today's podcast, and that's going to be the Rudy Gobert trade to Minnesota. So this was a steep, steep package, five players and five picks to the Jazz. Um, I'll go over some of the names involved here. So the Timberwolves receive Rudy Gobert. End list. The Jazz receive Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, who probably is going to get bought out, Leandro Bomaro, Walker Kessler, who was this year's number 22 pick in the draft, Jared Vanderbilt, nice young rotation guy, and then a 2023 first, 2025 first, a 2026 pick swap, a 2027 first, and a 2029 first. The Timberwolves are mortgaging their future for a chance to contend with the championship with Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Rudy Gobert, and the now super diamond coveted Jaden McDaniels. So, Ani, I know we both don't like this trade. We didn't like it when it first came out. We didn't like it when 
Everyone was doing the whole Minnesota propaganda of them getting to the finals, being a top four seed. Still don't like it. I agree. I think, like, I, 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 we talked about this, but, like, they, they need to basically make the finals for this to be a good trade within the next three years. If they, if they make the Western Conference finals, they gave up too much. They sold too much of their future and their assets to make it worth it. Like, I think in the, at the end of the day, like, to basically, in my, in my real opinion, they have to win a championship. But, like, even going to the finals for, like, Minnesota as a franchise is good enough, I guess. So, it really comes down to, like, is it worth it? Will it be worth it? I think the answer is no. I think the West is far too competitive, right? You still have the Suns, right? You're the Warriors. You're the Clippers. You potentially have the Lakers, right? I'm not saying that any of these teams could beat the Timberwolves. Like, this is a pretty crazy lineup on paper, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, objectively, like, Carl Anthony Towns and, and, and Rudy Gobert is going to be a hard duo to beat, right? And then you also throw in Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, right? I think it's going to be a really, really tough team to beat. But they lack a lot of depth, right? Because they gave up basically their second half of the rotation, right? Mm-hmm. They gave up five right. draft picks. And they basically can't get any young talent that's a first or second round draft pick because they have none for the next couple of years as well. So it's like they have their starters. They have their deep bench guys have to fill using free agency and that's their team so it's not a matter of like how good their starting lineup is because that objectively is i think a top two top three lineup starting lineup in the nba but it's more of an issue of like the the reason the suns are great is because their rotation is really really good like they have really good depth right same thing with a team like the bucks for example or the celtics or the warriors who just won the championship all their they have great depth Right, just the fact that they gave up so many people and they can't get any good new people, you know, subjectively good new people, but they basically have to go through free agency because they have no trade assets, they have no draft picks. Like that team is really going to struggle in the playoffs when depth matters, right? I'm sure they'll do fine the regular season. They'll lose games here and there just because you know people retire or whatever. But they have no depth, so that's when they're really going to suffer. Is when they're playing like they play the Suns and the Warriors in back-to-back rounds. If they play like the Mavericks, the Suns, and the Warriors, right? Like these three teams are going to be good next season. They're going to struggle against all of them because they have no depth, right? They'll maybe make it to the Western Conference semifinals, but once it comes to like Western Conference finals time, even the NBA Finals, I like I just don't have faith that even if you give me like their starting lineup over Boston's, I, I might take theirs. Who knows? I don't know. My matchup wise, like. They can't play their top five guys for 48 minutes a game. It's not feasible. I actually think Minnesota in the last couple of weeks have shored up some of the depth issues that you brought up. Like when this first trade news came out, I didn't like it at all. I'm like getting there like 5%-ish. Like I just pulled up Minnesota's roster and here's some of the names besides the starting five that I mentioned. They have... Nas Reed, who's a very serviceable backup center, as if they needed more centers at this point. They have Torian Prince, who's a reliable wing, you know, 6'6", can shoot the ball, plays good defense. Jalen Noel is going to be the key, right? 23-year-old shooting guard, um, UW alumni, shout out. Uh, he's shown a lot of offensive flashes in games in which Edwards wasn't healthy last year. And I think they're looking for him to take that next step as a spark plug bench scorer. Um, Jordan McLaughlin, I think one of the most underrated backup point guards in the league. Um, we already mentioned Jaden McDaniels, Bryn Forbes, and who I wanted to get to, Kyle Anderson, who was a very good offseason signing. I think invaluable to the Grizzlies when he was there. You know, he was kind of that vet guy, always under control, 
um, was kind of a connector between some of the more twitchy athletic guys on that Grizzlies lineup. And he's always going to make the right decision. So I do think, and dude, they even got Austin Rivers, just like a sneaky vet guy who, you know, he's going to fight. Okay. We've seen him. Their, Their depth is better, but their depth still doesn't compare to the best teams in the league, right? Of course. And again, we have to remember this team won 46 games last year. It's not some juggernaut powerhouse team, right? So Gobert is definitely going to elevate, like I said earlier, as to what his strength is. He's a regular season floor raiser. It remains yeah. to be seen what happens at the playoffs, because I think that's going to be where, you know, these twin tower lineups with Cat and Gobert just may not work because small ball teams like the Clippers are just going to play them off the floor. Like, I don't see Gobert staying with anyone on the perimeter if the Clippers are going like John Wall, PG, Kawhi, Reggie Jackson, any Morris. I don't I don't know. Whoever they plug in at five. Norman Powell. Um, yeah. It's going to be... Think, sorry, what? I completely forgot I was going to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just... I... I don't know if Minnesota has elite lineup flexibility. Oh wait, but I remember they what I was have gonna a. Say. I was gonna say I was gonna say that the last I think great, quote unquote, like Twin Towers lineup we saw was probably like what Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, and before and Pelly, Boogie like, and, tore the Achilles, exactly. Or like, squad. That sorry. team, that team also lacked like a good amount of like depth. I guess they were a super deep team, and it just didn't really work out for them. Like they were pretty easily like strategized against. I'm just, I mean, here's I was just trying thing, to remember. Right? Like, like, we never. I mean, obviously, the caliber of these two players is better than the caliber of those two players, but. No, no, no. I actually think that season, if Boogie stayed healthy, AD and yeah, Boogie okay, that season stayed, were dynamite, really man. Then Boogie like, just didn't. Yeah. I If Boogie stayed healthy, well, that Pelicans team went up against the Warriors in the second round of that 2018 playoffs. They took a yeah. game. We, we beat them 4 1. If Boogie was healthy that season. Too, right? No, no, no. It was they, they won pretty handily, I think, one of the home games. But the yeah, if Boogie stayed healthy, I think that series would have gone six, potentially seven. Like that was a scary team, man. Drew Holiday, AD, Demarcus, like a lot of good wing but guys. Who would who they have played after the Warriors in in the third round? Um, Golden State played the Rockets in twenty Rockets. So I guess could they have beaten the Rockets? Like could they be in the shooting? No, we're not doing. I I don't want to do the hypothetical game because no, I know. But all I'm saying is like you have to beat team after team after team, and I don't think that these big man team lineups like where the big men are like the star of the show. And even though this is like, a, I feel like we're kind of disrespecting Anthony Edwards here, right? Like this kid's gonna go off next year. Like he's been getting better every single year, but just like you know, this team is like a twin towers lineup kind of. So no, this will be fun. I think for one reason, Gobert doesn't score anything except dunks. And Cat doesn't like to score anywhere but the perimeter. Like, yeah, it, I, I think Cat with a post game would be one of the most unstoppable players in the league. Um, but Gobert's off screen and rolls as a lob threat is going to be really fun. I think the D'Lo Gobert chemistry is going to be something to monitor. I have a feeling it'll work out pretty well. Um, hopefully, Anthony Edwards takes a leap playmaking. But yeah, I think this team will win around 52, 53 games if things break, no injuries. Yeah. Um, Remains to be seen what happens in the playoffs. I think they're a second round exit as currently constructed. I think they're a second or third round exit. If they make it past the Western Conference Finals, I'll be thoroughly impressed. I'll consider that a dub for them, right? So, no, I think even if they just make the Western Conference Finals, like props to you, Minnesota. Like you, they haven't done something like that probably since KG was there. So, but again, expectation versus 
reality. Not they gave up just doesn't match up. So let me let me give you some figures on this Gobert contract. Um, so first, they they came to an agreement with Towns on a two twenty four million four year extension, right? So he's under contract now for the next six years. Gobert has four years and $170 million left on a five-year $205 million deal that he signed with Utah last summer. So they're paying two guys almost, like, I, I'm going to exaggerate, almost a half a billion dollars for the next six years. No, you're, six you're pretty years. close. Right? Like, it's like, it's it, and now to be fair, it's like four twenty nine. Um, I mean, Juan Soto would refuse that money, but... Wait, f- uh, that that's still basically half a billion. Two centers getting paid half a billion dollars in today's economy, nuts. I mean, with inflation, is that really four twenty nine? You know, or is it, it? Inflation is cap putting up twenty eight points a game and not being able to replicate that in the playoffs. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I like Minnesota though. I think they lost a little bit of their identity with the Pat Bev trade. Like okay, Pat Bev, I don't think was that big of an identity for them. Like, like he's he, more he was he's more of an them. identity than that team has had in. Cat's been there for so long, so I don't know. What identity has Cat provided for this team? I'm not saying he has, but like, I guess like when the like you know the George Floyd stuff was going on, like he kind of like went out in, in the community and helped out. So I feel like he's like part of that that community. So to be, I guess yeah, from that to, sense. To be fair, Cat has been a very vocal advocate of social justice, of coronavirus, and everything that happened to his family. So I'm not talking about the good person that he is. Like we know that. We know he's a stand-up dude. We know he's one of the most model citizens of the NBA. I am talking purely from a basketball locker room veteran leadership standpoint. Like Pat okay, Bev yeah, he's, provided he's more leader, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like Pat Bev provided more leadership in one season than I think Cat has in six years, seven years as a Minnesota Timberwolves. So I'm yeah. looking for him to take another step up, leading this team with all of these moving parts and adjusting to life as, you know, a co-center tandem. Like, he's only had the primary role. So let's move on to another big boy who, you know, could shift the NBA landscape any minute now. Like, we, we don't know. Every day is waking up, looking on Twitter to see... Has this guy been traded? And this is Every no other is than... just looking to see what Woj says versus what Sham says and seeing who's going to be right because I feel like they both say something different every single day. And here's the thing. We, he, we may be right, we may be wrong. That's the mystery of Kevin Durant, man. Like, he's going to go down as an all-time top 12, 13 player. Um, he's requested a trade from Brooklyn. He's obviously garnered the interest of nearly every team in the league including the golden state warriors that is no longer a concern bob myers said that the warriors are going to stay put run it back um but there are several teams no i don't think it's sad i think that would have been the worst move for the memes now for the memes memes. oh twitter would have been all time man um let's see some of the teams that i think kind of make sense for kd so far that have been reported the suns pre ayton signing were a big kevin durant spot and then they went ahead and locked down their big center for the max four years 133 so i don't think durant yeah yeah i don't think durant to phoenix is going to happen um miami has been doing a lot of i don't know uh, like weak offers like duncan robinson tyler hero and picks um 
they can't trade because of there, there's a weird clause of rookie extensions in which uh, Miami can't trade Bam Adebayo to the Nets because Simmons, Ben Simmons of the Nets is also on some sort of rookie extension. So you can only have one player on a rookie extension on your team. So mm. the Nets are not a Bam Adebayo spot, which is why I think Miami's offers are not going to cut it. Um, there's been some weird buzz with Washington, you know, KD going back home. There's been some Pelicans buzz. I feel like buzz. they can't really do it, no? They have no assets, man. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want anything from Washington asides from, like, you know, ownership of the franchise for the next 50 years. Like, that's probably what would get it done. Is is that a possible, like, being very serious? Like, can you give up part of your team for a player? Get a player? <laughs> I, what if KD was, like, all signed for nothing? But I guess the Nets have to give him up, so. How would, how would that work in a hypothetical way? Like, K- KD would give the Nets back his salary, and he would go to Washington for free in exchange for Washington giving KD ownership after he retires. Yo, that would be pretty cool. That would be you'd pretty have to, cool. You'd have to convince all these investors to dilute their shares. You'd have no, to convince no, the agree. main owner. It, I agree. It's fun. It'd be pretty it's fun cool. to think about. No, no I'm, lie. Like, I'm just wondering if it's even possible. But I guess okay. That's Washington's only hope of getting KD. <laughs> yeah, Danny Avdia and like 25 percent ownership, and you got a deal. <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, maybe if Dan Snyder sells, he, he can get part of uh the, the commanders. Yeah, Commander Carson and Killer KD, bro. <laughs> they have no, those American... were like, oh yeah, you like, you come to Washington, like you play for the Wizards, like we'll give you twenty five percent of the Commanders. That's actually yeah. not a bad deal at all. I would take that. Yeah, free suite section in. Uh, well, I'm not sure KD's really concerned about the free suite section at FedEx Field, but. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, so Washington's not going to happen. The Pelicans are very interesting because they have a young star in Brandon Ingram who they can offer. Um, you know, just 24 years old, signed through 2025. So if the Nets want a young star back, the Pelicans have but that. Do they, they have the picks? They also have picks and pick swaps with the Lakers from the AD deal. So they're loaded in that sense. And from the Bucks, remember they got Drew Holiday and mm-hmm. gave up hell of picks to the pelicans so they also have those um think about it kd zion cj a lot of nice wings um herb jones trey murphy um that would be a fun team i think that would be one of the best basketball fits for durant um he would help them immediately vault from a borderline six seed to probably a top four top three team in the west um, just another team to think about similar to that are the Raptors. I don't think anything really Raptors, is going to happen yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they, ha- they have assets, but they're not going to give them up, I don't feel like. Right. Like Seems like they've been pretty clear about that. Like, Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi are not, like, starters for a Kevin Durant deal. They have to give up Scotty Barnes, and Masai's already said, no, no way in hell. That's not happening. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. The most recent thing, and what... Ani, if you want to explain the Jalen Brown tweet after I go over this, um, Shams Sharania, our Brown boy legend reporter now, he reported that Boston was in talks with the Nets and they had offered Derek White, Jalen Brown, and 
a couple of picks. Oh, yeah, and a draft pick for Kevin Durant. And the Nets had declined and countered by asking for Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, another rotation guy, and multiple picks. And the Celtics declined for now, which obviously I think that makes sense, right? You don't want to give up a young star, the defensive player of the year, and multiple picks when you just went to the finals. Yeah, um, and then after seeing that news, Jalen Brown tweeted SMH. But okay, I will say like that trade is like the counter offer is no like I don't I'm really glad they didn't take it like the Nets did, or the Celtics didn't take it because it's a terrible deal for them. They basically if it was lose, like two of their key key guys and a bunch of draft picks for KD, it's not worth it. Like now here's a, here's a question though: if it was just Brown and Smart and like one pick, would you do it? If you're Boston. Okay, you have the chance of making the finals for the next three years or four years with this, like, at least, right, with this young rotation. But if you give it up for KD, you're not going to make the, like, you'll make the finals once, right? But I think that's it. I think I mean, after I don't, that's kind of I don't asking. think this Boston team is going to make the finals next year. But they have, they have a probability to, like a pretty good probability, I'd say. Dude, Milwaukee took them to seven without Middleton. No, I know, but I still think that, like, this team has the potential. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's guaranteed. I'm not even saying it's over 50%. But, like, this team is, like, going to be one of the top seeds and going to be very favored in the Eastern Conference, right? So, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's worth it. Because I feel I like think if they get KD, it's not going to be that much different. Here's it, the thing with be Boston, worse. though. Like, Boston historically as a franchise is all about championships, right? Like, I can't remember the last time they've just been straight up bad even in those like weird down years where Isaiah was still coming into his own and they had Jay Crowder, they had Avery Bradley, they would always just scare the hell out of teams. And I know they would always play Golden State tough. They would play all the top teams in the East tough. Um, so if you have the chance to get a generational superstar who, I mean, he hasn't, no, he hasn't shown any signs of declining. I think his game is a very well-aging game. He's going to be really good until he's 39, 40 years old. You you make this move. Now, I'm not saying trade Jalen Smart, rotation guy like Grant Williams, multiple picks. Don't do all of that. But if you can somehow get it down to just two players, including Jalen, and maybe a pick, you pull the trigger. You do that. I don't know. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing more of your point, but I still think you're giving up a lot. You're giving up too much, in my opinion. But it's Kevin Durant, bro. Maybe like two years ago, yeah. But now it's like, how many games will he play? I'm not saying he's not... He's still really good, but... I don't think he's that guy anymore. He's a 50-40-90 guy in his sleep. <sighs> no, I don't. They also I don't. just picked up Malcolm Brogdon. Like, if you lose yeah. Marcus Smart, I understand that's tough and how much of a culture guy he was. But you could roll out lineups of Tatum, KD. I I want to repeat that. Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant playing together. You have Brogdon. You have Robert Williams. You have... And this is assume you give up Smart and, and Brown, right? Yes, Smart and Brown. You still have Grant Williams. You have... I don't know. I feel like I that's guess, a I guess championship Derek core. Derek White. I mean, I it depends. Like, that's the thing. Would you also give if up I'm Derek only, White? If I'm only giving up Smart and Brown without any other guys, like I would be very inclined to to make that trade if I'm Boston. But 
I mean, if I'm sure like, maybe you know, Boston's offered it, but I'm sure that like maybe maybe the Nets feel like they can get more. But I don't. Okay, I think in general the offer that like they receive from the Celtics is probably their best offer. No one else can offer something better. Like right? Like yeah. I mean, unless the Pelicans, the unless the Pelicans offer like Brandon Ingram, but I don't think yeah. But there's do there's that. been no indication that they will. You know, like no I mean, one's yeah, Boston, anything on like. The Pelicans having any interest? I mean, maybe they'll have some interest, but like, you know what I mean? No if one's Boston, like, oh, the Pelicans threw an offer out, right? And if Boston gives up Brown and Smart, like they still have, you know, Horford, Williams, White. Um, I mean, obviously, whoever they picked up in this year's draft. I'm gonna go to the Celtics roster because I think they still have a championship team, or. A team that's going to be in the finals consistently if they make this trade. Um, but you just said they weren't guaranteed to make the finals this year. I'm, I, I'm, no, I'm saying if you get Kevin Durant, you'll make the finals. Okay. Like, you have a so better chance what, of making the finals with KD than with the current team assembled? They have Gallinari. They have... So here's their bench, right? Um, Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams, Al Horford... Derek White, Danilo Gallinari, Peyton Pritchard. Oh, they would Peyton run Pritchard's a lineup. Goated, though. Yeah, I mean he's fine as like your backup backup guard. Like, and he'll probably play more minutes next year too. But Rob Williams, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, um, Brogdon, and any combination of Grant Williams, Horford, Gallo. That's a lot of lineup switchability, a lot of flexibility, a lot of big guys. You'll get Brogdon can handle the ball. They're defensively not, not. It's a really good not team. A terrible, yeah, it's a pretty good team actually. But no, I'm thinking about it more. But I guess why wouldn't the Nets accept that trade then? It's, like that's a better trade than what the Celtics originally offered. Because I think Joe Sy wants more. You can't just give up two guys for Kevin Durant. Like yeah. they they want three they want three more picks they want they want to bleed like, the they Celtics want as much until as, they just they, don't want Kevin Durant it's like you get Kevin Durant and you get screwed over like that's the deal I guess I don't know man I mean if this was we'll, we'll talk about Donovan Mitchell soon but if it was a player like Mitchell I'm not gonna go head over heels to try and get him like I'm gonna make a push and if it's getting too ridiculous then I'm out. I don't care. Like, I'm fine just mm-hmm. keeping my assets, keeping my picks. This is Kevin Durant. This is an all-time great. As Stephen A. Smith, 6'11", 7-foot wingspan, can shoot it from 30. Like, he immediately he is, makes he, your team a finals contender. And yeah. I've seen that firsthand. Like, he is him, so I get he that. He is him, and him is he. I mean, better possibility, I guess. I don't know. I guess the Nets are the only possibility in my mind. Like, really thinking about it. He's I I mean, realistically, that's one of the most likely options, right? Like he just stays no. with Who Brooklyn. else are they gonna who else are they gonna trade to? He either stays and, put but and he won't be happy or he goes to to Boston. Dude, like I don't really Brooklyn's see much of an option. team. Brooklyn's team is going to be nice if he returns. It's going to be him, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Nick Claxton, um, TJ Warren, who they just signed in free agency. I mean, 
<laughs> Hell, that team is ready to make a run. For all I don't know why he about. wants to leave then, but I guess he really does. I understand. I mean, there was a lot of like Harden not being in shape, Kyrie with the vaccine. Um, apparently, Kyrie said regardless of if you know um, Durant staying or going, he's gonna stay. So, bro's getting paid forty million to write conspiracy theories, dude. He's fine. He'll play basketball anywhere. I don't know. I thought maybe he'd want to go to the Lakers, but apparently that's not really a thing anymore. So, hey, well, the GM will make that happen if he wants. All right, that's enough with the Nets. Um, Onto a younger, yeah, we'll do a little thirty-second halftime. Catch our breaths, get some water. You know, get yelled at by our coach. No, I was just gonna. I was. I was gonna make a fake ad, but. No, no, no. Okay, make a fake ad. You got 30 seconds. I can't think of anything anymore. I was thinking of stuff to think about, but then I thought too much about basketball, but it's fine. No, no, I um, want the ad. I want the ad. The, ad. the ad's not coming. There's nothing in my brain right now. I'm adding music in post, so I need the ad. God, I don't even know what to make an ad about. I guess I really don't know. Like, I'm struggling here. But that's the ad. That's the ad. Okay, how about next time we come up with an ad? Like, I'll, 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 I'll write something down. We're not sponsored. Dude, we need a sponsor. Okay, stand-up is just... hard, bro. Dude, may, give me an ad for stand-up comedy. Promote stand-up comedy. I can't think of it. Okay, how about this? We continue doing ads for a company, and then we'll just be like, oh, these ads are good, and they'll just pay us. <laughs> so we Dude, do I think free company, advertising. If a company heard this last 60 seconds and us reading an ad, they're going to they're gonna go broke, bro. It's not yeah, happening. They're just gonna give a haul of their marketing budget to us. Be like, oh, here you go. Dude, oh, would you oh look God. at that? The time's up. The ad's done. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. Wait, we're wait, on the third wait. quarter. Fine, fine. Let's go. We're Donovan making our third. We're making our third quarter run right now. This is gonna be hot. It's gonna be fast, and it's gonna be like the Warriors, just immediately to the point. There are three teams besides the Knicks that I know. That are interested in Donovan Mitchell. And those are the Wizards, the Hornets, and the Kings. I don't think any of those teams make sense for Mitchell. I, I mean, pairing... The Knicks are the only team that makes sense. He has to go to the Knicks, man. And I actually think a Jalen and Donovan backcourt will help the Knicks so much. Like, you can play... The only thing is, do you give up Barrett if you're the Knicks? I think you kind of... I mean, I guess you have to. But I guess RJ Barrett has the potential to be a really good player, but Donovan Mitchell's proved himself to be like a top fifteen player in the league. It's like here's, basically here's Donovan Mitchell can is, be an all star, but can it, RJ Barrett be an all star consistently as well? Is Donovan Mitchell that, is is Donovan Mitchell a top fifteen guy? I don't think so. If, if he's healthy, no. I I don't want to count on my fingers, but I think he I think he'd make an all star team potentially. No, 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 I'm not. He's an all-star, bro. Like, I'm not saying that. Is he a third-team all-NBA guy? Okay, that he might not be, but he has the potential to be. I want you to tell me if he's better than any of these guys. We're going to do this super quick. And I, that part of this is just I'm really confused as to why teams are so enamored with the idea of Donovan Mitchell. I mean, first of all, he's a great number two option. He's a fantastic scorer. He hasn't really been particularly efficient yet, which is something to monitor. Like from three point also, range, he's still you know in the low thirty fours, thirty fives. Like I, I want to see more improved, there. But defense, it's he's not. still a traffic cone, bro. Yeah, 
it has improved from where it was i think a few years ago but he's nowhere as like he's not a top like he's not he's not a good defender at all no i think it's regressed man when you come into the league you're like that young spry dog trying to prove everyone wrong you're gonna try aggressively on defense that first year the only time he and gobert made the second round of the playoffs together was his rookie year he was guarding the hell out of whoever was on that thunder team and i thought that was gonna grow and he was gonna become a really good defender he's got a long wingspan none of that he has not improved. I think he's regressed down actually. So Wait, that so, okay. is, maybe the players. Let's see. Uh, let's see who's better. This I'm is curious. so. The, the question is just better than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Giannis. Yes. KD. But I don't want to do the fifteen players thing. I'm gonna give me players that are gonna be like controversial. No, no, no. So I'll get there. I'm just starting now. Giannis. Okay, yes. KD. KD. Yes. Joel Embiid. Yes. No, no, no. Don't don't jump the gun. Steph. Like yes. Jokic? Yes. Embiid? Yes. Tatum? Yes. Doncic? Yes. LeBron? Yeah. Kawhi? Yeah. You don't think Kawhi's better than Donovan Mitchell? I, I said yeah, I said yeah, I said yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, John Morant? Yeah. Devin Booker? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler? Yeah. James Harden? Ah, uh, this is weird. I don't know. The current iteration of James Harden? Like, I don't think so. I think I'd still rather have James Harden. The man playmakes like none other. Yeah, but he can't shoot. He, he can't really shoot anymore. I don't really, I don't really know. That, that, that's a hey. tough one. But like, All right. getting into that territory. All right. He's like around that. that's like, yeah, he's around there. Fair. Um, Damian Lillard. God, I would take Dame, but. Yeah. Uh, Paul George. I would take PG. PG's I'm great. T- so how many have we named so far? Uh, you're, you're the 15? one that has the list. We've, we've named 15 players so far better than Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to keep naming some. Trey Young. Yeah. Anthony Davis. TBD, if he plays. Uh, uh, let, let's say a healthy Anthony Davis. Then, yeah, he's better. Um, I'll give you one more just for fun. Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh, a tough one. That's actually tough. I don't know. I really don't know. That's that's so one where we're like at the twenty-ish range, right? Yeah. And we're still not sure if Donovan Mitchell is better than any of these guys that we've named, which is why I'm really worried that a team is just gonna over, okay, not overcommit, okay. but like mm-hmm. lose way too many assets for this Mitchell trade. And I mean. <laughs> Like, I, I would get the Knicks doing it just because of what their franchise has been and how they haven't really had a guy embrace New York since, like, early Mellow. Yeah. So, I don't There's know, man. Possibilities, but I agree with you. They, uh, teams might be giving too much up. I mean, here, here's the thing, right? Like, he's a guy who's immediately going to lift a franchise up, like, spiritually. I think he did things for the jazz franchise when gordon hayward left like he immediately kept them at relevance he reinvigorated that fan base when it felt like they'd just been punched in the gut gordon hayward was utah like he was everything to that team and took better money went to greener pastures literally because of the celtics and i think mitchell's just a guy who's gonna fit right in with the knicks i think that city um, Spike I think, Lee. I, think I, know, I know we talked about like it's not worth giving up the assets for him. I still think it's worth getting him and seeing what he can do. 
I think him and RJ Barrett will be at least comp. I don't think it's like a dumb decision where it's like, oh my God, you're giving up like somebody with like such amazing talent. You know, like if you're giving up RJ, like one rotation guy and a pick, I think that's worth it. But yeah. And I do think I feel better about a team like the Knicks getting him because if you're an established team like Miami right now, and you know, Miami has been linked to Donovan Mitchell forever. Like he just because feels like D-Wade, a heat yeah. culture. Yeah. D Wade, heat culture. You don't want to over commit to Donovan Mitchell if you're already a team that's in that Eastern Conference Finals, like potential yep. finals contending zone. You don't want to change anything too dramatically. So yep. I think for the Knicks, it's a very viable option. And it's for all his... I feel like it's the only viable option for, for, for the trade. It's like KD Celtics and the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell. Right. There's not really a lot of options in the league. A lot of teams are set. A lot of teams just can't do it. Mitchell has yet to make an all-NBA team. This is going to be... Even at 13? 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 21, 21, 22. This is going to be year five. So he has to take a step up. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm the last two or three years have kind of felt like he hasn't really improved. I, I mean, efficiency is the big, the big area where he needs to improve. A lot of his fellow guards are just like significantly more efficient than he is. He needs yeah. to like transition if he's going to be a high volume shooter to be like a, close to a 50 40 90 guy somewhere in that range because again as a lot of his guard peers are in that range so efficiency is really where he's missing up so he's had one good year shooting from three and that was 38.6 percent um was in 2020 2020 okay, 2020 nice. 2021 so i the, the tools are there he's not no one's saying he's not talented that's not the debate right so yeah i just i need to see market improvement from him mm-hmm. this season otherwise uh, that this is what he is like if he if this is what he is for the rest of his career it's a damn good player it's someone who's a fantastic second option an elite third option but will never lead a franchise to a championship and yep i think he's more i think he's of the same clot that d wade was i think he can be that guy we just haven't seen it yet so yeah that's what i'll say about him and Finally, moving on to our fourth quarter. So we're doing a little exercise for this. We're going to pick a team each that was really, really bad last year and kind of assess the merits on why they could be a fun watch this season and why things could turn around. So, Ani, if you want to start, go ahead. Yeah, I think me and you were talking about this, and I was talking about how bad the Wizards roster was. And then we went over the roster, and I was like, dude, this is not a terrible roster. Like... They have some people on the roster. Like Bradley Beal, obviously, you have Chris Stops. You have Will Barton. You have Rui Hachimura. You have Kyle Kuzma. You have Monty Morris. Right? You have <laughs> Denny Avija. I, I feel like I'm saying his name. Abdia. 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 Then you have, who else? What? Kispert. Kispert. Um, who was the guy that was on? Oh, Sadoransky. He was the backup yeah. point guard for, uh, for Chicago for a little bit. Right? I guess they're just paying Todd Gibson to be there. Don't know why. But they also have Daniel Gafford, who, like, was, like, a decent fantasy pickup for, like, a little bit of time last year. Like, he was pretty good, right? They have, like, a decently, like, I think a well-rounded shooting team. At least, like, like a lot of their guys can shoot. And, like, I think they're they're actually, like, not going to be as terrible as people thought. I don't know. Maybe the roster won't mesh. But, like, it was a lot more deeper than I thought it would be, like, when I, going in, like, without remembering exactly who's on the roster like they have a pretty good lineup i don't know okay not i think the, lineup, but no the wizards have the most 
like NBA average roster I can think of. And in this day and age, that's not a bad thing, right? Like I agree. They're gonna I, be in the mix. They're top. For a play their top spot. isn't top. Their top isn't top, but their bottom isn't like some like the worst players. Like some teams have a lot worse players. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they they just have a lot of competent NBA guys, and mm-hmm. that matters. Like when you're trying to win those nitty gritty games, up six in the fourth, just having guys who are gonna make the right decisions, and I think the Wizards have that. You're right. Um, similarly to the Wizards. Um, Sacramento Kings last year 30 and 52 fifth in the Pacific Division pretty bad watch all things considered and then they did something they completely overhauled their team they traded Tyrese Halliburton to the Pacers for DeMontis Sabonis and obviously you're not going to get the instant return right it takes a while for any player especially one as good as Sabonis to integrate into a team and the problem with Sacramento is that last year there was nothing to integrate into. That team was flawed. They had no real offensive scheme. And all in all, it was just the De'Aaron Fox show towards the end of the season. And he started playing really, really well, which is something to monitor. In the offseason, they hired Mike Brown. And I think that's going to do wonders for this team. Because Mike Brown is a defensive guy. He... He's helped a lot with player relations on Golden State. He's just always a good voice in the locker room. Um, and anytime Steve Kerr's been out in the past four or five years, you know, with medical issues, uh, COVID, um, Mike Brown's done a really, really good job keeping that team together. So that's going to be something really fun to watch. And just with the roster changes in the offseason, Ani, starters for the Kings, De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter picked up in the offseason, Harrison Barnes. Keegan Murray drafted fourth this year and has looked amazing in summer league, summer league MVP and Sabonis at the five. So I think I really like that starting lineup. The only issue is Sabonis at the five. It's like, like it's a very small ball lineup, but it, listen, when you're playing Minnesota, it's going to be a problem when you're playing golden state, he's going to feast. Really a problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually he's not going to feast if Kefal and Looney's guarding him. But anyways, second unit for the Kings, Davion Mitchell, really fun defensive really, guard. Really, really good. Yeah. Malik Monk, I think, got him on a really good deal. Um, Ani, your Lakers last year, I think he was one of the few bright spots for yeah, that team. Yeah, he was like, it was like, I was happy seeing him on the court. Right, yeah. I mean, he's, this is like a prove it year for him. Um, Jeremy Lamb, just a steady veteran guy. Trey Lyles, similarly. And Rashawn Holmes, who I think is the best backup center in basketball. Um, that's just a fact. I think there's, you Nothing. Richuan Holmes. Rashawn Holmes. Rich Richwan Holmes. No. Richuan no. Holmes. No, you can't say Denny Avgia and Richwan Holmes. That's not allowed. That's that's his, a flagrant. His name is. That's a flagrant too. Objectively. No man, Rashawn. I think he's the best backup center in the league. And then you get to that third unit. You still have Alex Len. You have guys like Terrence Davis, Chemezi Metu, even Alex Josh Jackson. Len? still in the nba he's still in the nba jackson is still in the nba yep like the bench you i think the bench for the kings is actually really really good dude compared to previous seasons to be like a very hyped guy back in the day when he was on the suns josh jackson was hyped in kansas bro ever since then it's just been downhill for him but good to see him on a roster i think the kings are gonna win at least 40 games this season contend for a play-in spot that's a scary team, man. If everything comes together, they have shooting, they have speed, they have defensive versatility, and they have a budding lefty pick and roll combination in Fox and Sabonis that 
should wreak havoc. So that's my king's take. Nah, I think it's valid. I think the kings might pull it off, but they're also the kings. So you got to like preface it with they're the king. So they might just screw everything up. Now, king's going to king, baby. And that brings us to our overtime segment. We, as if you guys needed more content, we have two topics to get to. The first is going to be MLB. For those of you who don't know, MLB stands for Major League Baseball. Um, Educating ha- people. Educating people. Love to see it. I have, I have had so many discussions with people as to the validity of baseball as a sport, which I will not get into right now. But on this podcast, we talk baseball. Juan Soto, one of the best young hitters in the game. One of the, actually just one of the best hitters in the game. Period. I don't. I don't want to use this young hitter thing. He's really damn good. Um, won a World Series with the Nationals in 2019. Um, he's consistently finished top five in MVP voting since. Um, he recently turned down an offer from the Washington Nationals, 440 million dollars, 12 years. Now. At first glance, that's too much money to turn down, right? It's You're looking at 440. It's almost half, half a billion. billion dollars. That is far too much money. But, Ani, do a quick calculation. 440 by 12. What's the annual value on that? I should be able to do this without doing a calculation, but it's like 36 million a year. Right. 36 million a year is not what i think he should be getting he could get 50 million a year with a shorter contract like i think 400 for eight years or something like that and also like you could argue you could argue with inflation and with like baseball potentially growing and like you know contracts getting bigger and bigger every single year it's kind of like a patrick Mahomes type vibe where like the nationals are like locking in juan soto for like a cheap contract relatively for a long period of time so that Unless he does sound like a five, six year deal for fifty million each, like a five two fifty, and then five years later he wants to sign like a five two fifty again, then like it's basically you're paying him, you know, fifty, sixty million dollars extra. Right? Mm-hmm. So you never know. That's what the the thing in baseball and why contracts are so misleading is that everyone sees the dollar amount and freaks out, right? Like if Mike Trout signs I, I and he's honestly probably signed to something similar, but like three hundred and sixty million dollars for nine years or Something absurd where you just see so much money. You're not looking at the annual value of the contract, which is, I think, more of a factor when we're looking at basketball contracts. We're like, oh, it's five years, 80 million, five years, 120. So we're thinking, how much are they making per year? Whereas in baseball, we're thinking of like the chunk sum of the money. And that skews the interpretation of a lot of people's opinions on contracts. So mm-hmm. while I think. 10% of me is like, Soto, you crazy motherfucker. You're turning down $440 million at the age of 23. Part of me is like, no, like you're a top five hitter in baseball. Top three, maybe top two. You Except for this year. I agree. No, I know. And I had a whole thing on Twitter where I was like, oh, I'm disappointed with Soto's average. And Dude, I got all like of 45. No, 245. Yeah. And I mean, I guess when people are throwing you junk because you're the only valid hitter on the team. Like you're going to swing at stuff just to get rally started and averages are going to drop. So I get it. I think this is just like a blip. I don't think this is the type of hitter he is. Um, I I applaud him for like trying to get his money. Like, I don't know. What do you think? No, I think I agree. I think it's very much about like the average value. And I really think that he believes that he can play at a high level for the next five to six years. 
and then command an even higher salary. So I think in his case, he's making more money than he probably dreamed of as a kid. So even like a five two fifty deal is not something he's going to be like disappointed about, right? And then let's say it mm-hmm. doesn't turn out super. Let's say it's a it's a Hardy type situation. Is a Hardy? No, who's the guy um, on Who? the Orioles that like led... from old? That was JJ Hardy. No, the, like the guy who led the league in home runs like four years ago. Oh, um, Chris Davis. Chris Davis. Wait, no, at the Hardy. Like you know, Chris no, Davis because like... JJ Hardy was a guy on the Orioles. Yeah, I know. I'm just I just confused it in my head. I meant to say I meant to say Chris Davis. Like, let's say it's a Chris Davis type situation where he's like has a great year, signs a big contract, and then just like basically bats like one ninety, and then like you know is an yeah. embarrassment completely. Like, even if it's that, he still signed a contract, right? I mean, we still mm-hmm. have Bobby Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla day right now, so it's like it'll work itself out. I don't. I think he's not too pressed, so I think he'd rather like secure the short term, like big contract than the long term small contract but yeah yeah like i mean if i were soto here's what i'd do i would sign like a four to five year deal get the average value of that contract annually to around like i don't know 45 to 50 a year um uh and then you know when it's like 2027 then you sign that big 10 to 12 year deal that you know we've seen guys like albert pujol sign we've seen you know paul goldschmidt recently signed a big deal so I mean, there's still room for him, and he's only 23. He's so young. Yeah, like five years, 28. People play until their 40s in baseball. So, yeah. Um, rounding out this podcast, thanks for staying with us so far. We have this past Sunday, July 24th, at the ripe time of 6 a.m., the French Grand Prix in Formula so One get racing Paul took place at in Le Castellan, France. Oh man, dude. This race, you're going to see the final standings and think Verstappen won handily. Hamilton and Russell, you know, for Mercedes, P2, P3. Solid finish for that team. I think for the Constructors' Cup, that helps. For Hamilton's, any, you know, P2 this season is a damn good accomplishment for Hamilton. So Still needs to that's win good a race for him. this year, though. I He's know, been the man. first person to win a race after 300 races or race starts. Matt. Max is on some OD shit this season. I don't know what he's doing. But the story of this race to me, and you can elaborate more, was Charles Leclerc not finishing this race, crashing out when I think he would have he was gonna win this race. And don't get me yeah. wrong. Verstappen's been dominant this season. Leclerc was gonna win this race. Hands down. Hundred percent. I agree. People are saying that the pressure got to Charles, and it's really funny because like sure, maybe like he he did crash out so that's a valid perspective and they're like stating multiple points in like this season where like he was in the lead in races i think there's three times where he started on pole was in the lead and then for some reason or another like was not able to even complete the race that's like 75 points he left on the table right there right there's just something but there's just something about the qualifying races that the pressure started piling because you know red bull are the defending drivers champions like and they were very close to winning the constructors as well, right? So I think their first off, their consistency and their engine is really good, right? They haven't broken down a lot this season, especially compared to Ferrari, which is great. And then add that on top that like Max Verstappen is a class driver and can like pull that car from where it is to like where it needs to be really consistently. Like he'll always be in the back of Charles. So I think like but Charles, like he really needs to like live up to the pressure. And right now he's not. But then again, like Ferrari's not doing many favors. The strategy has been suboptimal right their car is unreliable like 
he has to do a lot to dig that car from where it is to get as many pole positions as he has. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting, but like it's an interesting dynamic. And like I don't think any one person is like it's Charles' fault or it's Ferrari's fault, but I just think that like they need to step their game up, and I think they really need to act like a team, which they they'll never do. And like I know me and you were texting about this, and you were talking about like Bottas and like how last year he may have had a chance, but he had to basically sacrifice it for Hamilton essentially to have a shot. I'm not at the even World t- yeah. Yeah, and I'm not even talking about like a chance at you know the final no, standings or I, anything, but, but just in a couple of individual races. No, there, but there's been so many opportunities this year where like I felt that Ferrari could have gotten one too, but they mm-hmm. let the drivers fight, and somehow something happened where like in Austria, for example, like science, his engine blew up, right? Mm-hmm. Like he had to retire. Like something happens, yeah. and like I just wonder like if they were like hold station or like like oh like help like slingshot forward or like use a slipstream stay in drs so like you know like the tires don't degrade as fast whatever it is like be a real team team the way we've seen yeah. red bull and like especially mercedes do like the past mm-hmm. five six seven eight years like i think ferrari could have gotten one two in a couple of these races where they just like slipped away and also again like their their car is not as reliable as the red bull car is but yeah i mean of course as as all indications are saying charles is not you know like he's, i mean he's, i just feel so bad right like yeah, he does he it so well in these qualifying races and by all they're not, accounts they're not, they're and measures it's just he does so well in qualifying no that's what i'm saying in like yeah, the yeah, laps I'm just, I'm just trying to say that that's the terminology yeah um carlos Sainz had an unbelievable comeback in this race from yeah. i think 19th all the way to fifth one driver and ferrari screwed him over on strategy he was literally in the middle of overtaking checo Fry was like box and yeah. he was like dude i'm like about to overtake checo like why are you telling me to box so Ferrari has no idea what they're doing but in other f1 news sebastian vettel just joined instagram so uh that's interesting maybe he can sponsor our ads oh yeah we should reach out to Seb. yeah oh man i think that about does it though that was a lot of content that was i think i i think i'm happy with this format moving forward of just organizing our stuff i feel like we always have hella stuff we want to talk about so i think keeping it organized not not only for you guys listening but for us to kind of keep our sanity like we could go on and on and on about certain things but i think this kind of keeps it in check on you and if we have a shorter episode we could also do a hockey theme where we have face off first second Ah. third period overtime and then shoot out yeah yeah we can do all types of sports and we can promo it that way too we can kind of like you know, draw it an NBA box score, do some shit like that. I don't know. But I agree. That does it. Honey. Yeah. I, okay. That's that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, stay safe and wash your hands. Wash your hands, people. Peace. Peace.